With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I've got my strong opinions about craft beer and where that sits in the world. And I'm not going to lose respect of you um, by even diving into this conversation. So let's move on from your craft beer uh, fascination, please. Whoa, hardest stance on that Beeb's taken on anything in, <laughs> since he said that it, Wallabies have zero cattle. <laughs> uh, speaking of, Sumo Scotty Stevenson's on the line. Sumo, I don't know where you sit with craft beer, but Beeb's drawn a hard line oh. there. Oh, he's drawn a massive line. I'm cracking up. I'm so devastated. Look, I don't mind. I don't. I don't mind an English style beer. So if Gary's project just want to release it without carbonation, I'm happy to howl some at my place. Uh, but look, you're not going to get Beaver off the Walker too. There's no. There's no doubting that. He's a, he's a one beer man, and he always has been. And uh, it's painful for the rest of us, but we just have to deal with it. Uh, painful if you have to drink it in my company. That is that is what some will say, uh, yeah. Louis. But uh, Sumo, what a it's, it's now forty eight hours. What a forty eight hours yeah. in the world of rugby. Yeah, it's been a crazy time, hasn't it, Beef? And uh, I know we spoke um, at some length yesterday um, about the, the Dave Rennie situation. Um, you know, like I I, I feel um, terrible for both. Uh, I have enormous respect for Dave Rennie, uh, as I think most people in this country do who have followed rugby for a, a number of years. And I know you do, Beef. He certainly gave you a second chance at the Chiefs. So I know you'd never say a bad word about Dave Rennie. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it, intriguing to me to see that, uh, you know, this goes back a long way 14 months of secret meetings and dinners and uh, all trying to, uh, I guess, pull the levers and get Jones back. Uh, look, it's a marketing play for me for Australian rugby, um, and that's and that's what this is about. I think Dave Redding had done an exceptional job with a team that was decimated by injuries. He had unavailable players. Uh, look, you know, Australian rugby and all sorts, as you alluded to the other morning on the show, that he was working really hard behind the scenes with the various uh, uh, states, uh, Queensland, New South Wales, ACT, uh, just to try and build up the depth of players. And I think he was doing a good job with the ecosystem of the game as well. And we know that international rugby is a results business, but I, I didn't think he was too far away from, from really showing what that team was capable of. And I'm really gutted that he's not going to get a chance to do so at the Rugby World Cup. Yeah, absolutely. And and I guess, I mean, there's, there's so much to unpack here, but I guess broadly looking at it, you look at, I guess, how Robbie Dean's tenure ended um, or, or went. You look at how Rob Penny, who's highly regarded in this country and what he did, uh, and many people felt he deserved a super job at, at some point. Geez, yeah. you'd be a brave Kiwi to go over there because it's clear that you're not just <laughs> you're not just trying to get a team to win, are you? There's so much things off off field, I guess. 
Yeah, and, and rugby's not part of the DNA in Australia like it is here. It is dwarfed by the bigger football codes, by uh, AFL and, and by the NRL. But you've also got to look at the kind of players that come through that system. Um, ultimately, rugby's a, a private schoolboy game. It's a GPS game. Um, and most of the top athletes from every other school uh, are plucked away by AFL and by NRL, which have fingers and uh, that, that reach you know across states. Uh, you know, rugby's still a game that's largely focused around New South Wales and Queensland. Uh, you know, these, these kids are looking for bigger deals and bigger sports, and rugby just hasn't been able to provide. But also, it just feels like a closed shop, as does the appointment of Eddie Jones. I mean, this, this is just a job for your mates gig, I think, for Jones. And, uh, you know, there's a, one of the biggest conceits that I think um, permeates world rugby is that you have to coach international rugby to coach international rugby. It's a nonsense. Uh, it's self-serving. It's a myth that's perpetuated by coaches uh, because it's a cosy club. And, you know, just this feels to me like a massive recycle job. Now, will Australian rugby be back on the back page? Absolutely, it already is. Uh, Eddie Jones is the master of the rent-a-quote, uh, and he'll have a press for eating out of his hand. But I, I look about the quality of, of people in the game, and, you know, every single comment about Eddie Jones uh, since he's been appointed is the fact that he's going to burn assistant coaches, he, he's going to upset players, uh, he's... He's, uh, he's going to send messages in the middle of the night. He's going to sit in his office at 6 a.m. I mean, if you if you were looking for a job, you'd avoid a boss like that, like the plague. I mean, this does not sound like a good guy. And yet these lines are being trumpeted about as if this is some recipe for success in the world. A tyrannical midget running around <laughs> abusing people. Okey-dokey. Well. Cool. <laughs> But that does beg the question. Um, I mean, if we put the the disbelief of the Dave Rennie axing to one side, is is Eddie Jones and what you just sort of highlighted is pretty common knowledge. Um, is he going to get a reaction? Not, not, just, not just not just common knowledge. I mean, this is like the TV. <laughs> and it's amazing to me how many people champion this sort of behaviour as, as some sort of kind of good thing. It's not. It's weird. And uh, look, uh, no, uh, he will get a reaction. Of course, he'll get a reaction. He'll get a reaction. Rugby will get a reaction. It'll get a boost in terms of its profile because it's, you know, look, it's the homecoming. Um, you know, it's, he'll arrive in a, in a tiny car with big shoes on, get out, say something <laughs> condescending to the press. They'll write about it verbatim. And we'll move on. And, you know, anyone who questions Eddie Jones' methods will be put down by Eddie Jones and we'll carry on. Uh, and this is just the way the guy operates. We've seen it time and time and time again. Um, but I, I just don't think he's a long-term solution for Australian rugby, that's for sure. And Beave made that point very clear yesterday. And uh, the Australian rugby fans, well, there are some of them, and they came after him on Twitter in, in their ten, tens um, <laughs> to, to, to tear him down so much. Hey, has there been a time, and you'll know far better than me, has there been a time of this much unrest at coaching at the international level across the board? Scotty, have we seen this before? I can't, yeah. I can't remember it being so close to the Pinnacle Tournament where, you know, it, it just feels to me that unions are just all um, almost as one push the panic button. Uh, you got Gats returning to Wales, uh, which is, you know, it's incredible, isn't it? Oh, and I never thought I'd see the day where that would be happening. Um, obviously, uh, Australia have, have now said, no, we're not waiting, we're, we're going now. Um, New Zealand has stayed the course, um, you know, which brings into stark relief, I suppose, the conservative, conservatism of New Zealand rugby. 
Um, because interestingly, the, the team that probably has the most to lose uh, in terms of its brand, quote unquote, uh, is the one team that hasn't done anything uh, except sack a couple of assistants and move on. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a strange time for international coaching. But I, I do, I, I would say this, and, and my big concern is we run the risk here of losing sight of, of who's important in the game. And the people that are important in the game are the people playing it. And um, we, we've just created this now, I think, this footballing model of obsession around managers, around head coaches. Uh, and ultimately, I, I don't think that's good for the game long term. Uh, this cult of personality around who's coaching the team as opposed to looking at who's playing the game. It's very, very fascinating uh, topic that in itself. Now, Sumo, obviously you've got you know some great mates in Australia, uh, and one I can think of uh, in the uh, the voice of uh, Australian uh, rugby at the moment, and, and Sean yeah. Maloney. Have, have you yeah. managed to touch base with him in the last twenty four hours? And, and what's the feeling within Australia? <laughs> No, I haven't managed to touch base with Sean, but I've spoken to a number of uh, members of the press corps and, and, and broadcasting corps over there. And, uh, and look, to, to a person, they are unflinching in their praise of Dave Rennie as a man. Um, and, and I think there was a belief uh, from those those guys who really know the great game at a granular level that, that Rennie was, was on the verge of something. Um, look, they'll keep a close counsel and, and they will understand that there's nothing they can do about it. The appointment's been made by Hamish McLennan, the, the chairman, and, of course, Andy Marinos, the, the CEO. Uh, and now they're going to have to live with that. Um, it will change the nature of, I think, the relationship between uh, the coach, Eddie Jones, and, and the media. And, of course, you know, one, one thing's for sure. I mean, the man loves a mind game. And, um, you know, we, we saw that firsthand at the World Cup in 2019 where he absolutely double-bluffed Steve Henson and, um, you know, quite happily knocked him out of the semi-final. So... Um, you know, there's, there's no doubt that he's got manipulation uh, up his sleeve, but I, I just wonder whether that's going to be enough this time around um, as the game has changed and as the players have changed. Sumo, how radical would it be for the All Blacks, or sorry, New Zealand rugby, to clarify what they are doing with their head coaching role post the World Cup, before the World Cup? <laughs> <laughs> are you serious? When was the last time they clarified anything? <laughs> So, so pretty radical? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it would be a pretty big departure, my friend, from the norm. Uh, look, I don't know. Look, they're, they're probably having a look around the world of coaching right now and thinking, well, it's a state of flux and, and maybe we'll, we'll just quite happily just keep this to ourselves for a while, uh, let everyone else settle in their jobs, see how the Six Nations goes. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm fascinated to see how Steve Gorswick goes with that England side. But let's yes. not forget, was on a was on a downward curve under Eddie Jones. And that's the other fascination for me. It's not as if Eddie Jones was, was sort of walking around triumphantly as if he had won everything <laughs> and against every team for the last two years. He'd had a bit of a downer, to be perfectly honest. Um, so, again, I go back to the point, what's his appointment about? It's about jingoism, or in Australian cases, dingoism. And it's about having an Australian back at the helm. It's about the returning hero narrative. It's about being all about Aussie, 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 oi, oi, oi. Uh, and if you like that sort of stuff, good for you. Personally, I don't, but we'll see how they go. And talking about patriotism and all the rest of it, Dave Rennie, and obviously he's he's not going to be short of job offers. There's obviously uh, a lot of smoke blowing around the, the Kobe factor, who the Chiefs have a long-standing relationship, Renz has a long-standing relationship with, that there's a done deal in Japan already. I see the reports about Brody Retallick already off there. But 
Yeah. Would it not make sense? And again, obviously, we're we're not as smart as some people. But there's going to be an announcement on a, a head coach soon. And, you know, mm. although I would have no issue with it, I can't see them going, Dave Rennie, you're going to be the head coach of the All Blacks after coaching the Wallabies. Would it not be smart mm. to say, hey, Renz, we just want to lock you in as an assistant, regardless of where we go with a head coach? Would it not be – would that be a play from New Zealand and say, hey, let's let's get this guy in who's obviously one of the better coaches in world rugby and all of a sudden we can start to build a powerful coaching team again? Yeah, I mean, I, that would depend on the relationship between Dave Rennie and NZR, which didn't exactly end well after um, a certain fiasco. Um, and, and Dave Rennie left, and he left with his dignity intact, I thought. Um, you know, and I, we all know that the relationship between the then All Black management and, and coaches like Dave Rennie and Chris Boyd wasn't great because uh, mm. they stood up for what they believed in and they weren't going to be told what to do um, consistently by someone else coaching another team. So, um, you look, there, there may be a relationship still there that, that needs to be rekindled. Uh, I'm not entirely sure, but it, it also... This is the, the complicating matter around appointing an all-black coach because that all-black coach has got to have some level of autonomy over who he wants to work with. Um, yes. And, you know, unless you've got that settled in your head about where you want your head coach to be and you've had in-depth conversations with that potential head coach around who his assistants might be, you can't even begin to start those conversations. And, and again, that's the matter of timing now for New Zealand rugby because when a coach like Dave Rennie comes on the market, um, absolutely, you'd be thinking, right, what are your intentions here, Dave? If you were smart, you'd at least have a conversation. Um, but we know for a fact that last time they <laughs> advertised the job for all by head coach, they didn't have a conversation with him at all. So um, you know, it, would, it would take a, a bit of a backpedal and a U-turn uh, for Dave Rennie to be back in that calculation, I think. And I would certainly hope that no stone would be left unturned uh, in terms of who the next all-black coach might be, whether that's the current all-black coach or whether that's a new coach entirely uh, remains to be seen. So, But I, I think that work, if it's not being done right now, it needs to start at pace. Oh, I guess the options are already... The seats are filling themselves on the bus, and I think they're pretty much already on their heels, and they're already backed themselves into a bit of a corner, Sumo. So it's fascinating over the next wee while to see before the international season kicks off what we hear, if we hear anything. Um, we were thinking that 2023 might be a New Year's resolution for Robbo, that he doesn't call press conferences unless he has something to say. That's how we started the show, wasn't it, Beef? <laughs> <laughs> well, look, you know, any press conference is a good press conference, let's be honest. Um, all I know is, uh, is over the next six months, um, it's going to you're going to hear a lot of Eddie Jones. It's going to be noisy, and um, you know, it's going to be a funny show. <laughs> yeah, good, yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, your mates across the ditch are going to have to be talking about rugby again, even against their own will, because they won't be able to get away from it. Beautiful stuff, Scotty. Appreciate your time, mate. Really do. That was great. No dramas, lads. You guys have a nice day. There you go. Thanks, mate. Sumo, Scotty Stevenson. You've heard him for years. Uh, now with Spark Sport. And I'm sure he'll be a part of the new TV, new look TVNZ cricket coverage moving forward as well. Um, does a super job, and geez, <laughs> he's called Eddie what he is. <laughs> well, I tell you what, Matt's enjoyed. <laughs> Matt's enjoyed a bit of sumo. <laughs> has, uh, has not missed. Ah <laughs> uh, no, he's uh, very articulate and uh, and very clever man. So uh, great to have, great to have sumo uh, on uh, and. Yeah, he's, 
Hassan, he's, he's got a lot of connections in Australia, and it's, it's fascinating that uh, they are very much now. They uh, they're all well, not all on board the the fact that Eddie's there, but they are they're going to be bored along kicking and screaming regardless of whether they want it. <laughs> and we'll be here, and absolutely, um, and your we'll and your your words will be hung in the changing rooms. 